Chandler rolling. What's good, Chandler? How you doing? Uh, you know, a week without Bills football. It is what it is. It also is a week without a Bills loss, though. So that's, so that I mean, if anyone worse. was going to lose, if anyone was going to lose in their bye week, it's Buffalo. No, man. That one stat that we have here in the sheet that we'll talk about later is actually, I was pretty shocked to see that. So we'll definitely still talk some Bills today for all the Bills fans out there. We got a lot to go through today. This was a weird week of football. It seems like every fucking week is a weird week of NFL football. And uh, obviously, the last game on Monday night was a shit show for the Jags. I was there, so we'll talk about what that situation was like, what the atmosphere was like inside the stadium when Tila obviously got hurt. And then we'll also give an update on the diagnosis of his injury, how long we can expect him to be out, and what that means for the Jags. But before that, we're going to play the intro. So... Let's freaking do that right now. Roll it. Let him cook. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. All right, all right, all right. I say we start with the Thursday night game because we did have yeah. our first good Thursday night game in a long-ass time. This was a sweet game to watch. No, it was actually dope. And I had uh, I had some bets going, none of which hit, but I did have some bets going, so I was watching pretty intently. And uh, I think a lot of people were shocked by how close it was because I believe the spread at one point was like eight or some odd points and it ended up being pretty damn close yeah they the sneak uh the seahawks are sneaky like i i don't know how i even still position them to be honest because like i don't really have that much faith in gino but they're 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 decent they're pulling out wins here and there and i don't know like they're still kind of relevant yeah, they have snap potential. They have some explosive players in their roster, and Gino does have the ability to air it out on occasion. Like when he was, a lot of people forget this, but when he was at West Virginia, like he was highly touted as a guy who should have gone in the top ten, and he he slid quite a bit to the Jets originally. But he does have a lot of talent. He was really highly recruited coming out of high school. I think it was in Florida. So he's he's a he's a dude who can sling it on occasion, but obviously, like the consistency has been the biggest issue, and that's why he's not been a long-term starter but for them to keep to drop 35 on a defense that many people consider is like a top three defense in the nfl that's pretty damn impressive and dk metcalf absolutely bullied bland all day like that was pretty hard to watch there was a whole lot of sign language going on that game which i kind of loved to see but uh cowboys fans probably did not enjoy yeah so bland reminds me of digs from like last year or the year before because he's a big play guy but he gets beat right like it, it seems like the cowboys like to have those kind of corners that are they're going to jump the route and and get those picks but that means they're also giving up yards if they miss right 100 as you were saying that i literally thought that you're going to finish the sentence with digs and yeah i think that goes it's kind of like the cowboy way across the board they're very much boomer bust so you look a lot of their draft picks too over the years 
they're guys that have some sort of explosive talent and they really fall in love with that and they let people do what they want to do for better or for worse. It's also why they have usually a lot of personality on their team. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great, great comp. It's, it'd be wild if they were both playing at the same time, taking those risks all the time. Like that'd be absolute mayhem. It'd be like who gets more picks or touchdowns. Who knows? That's, that's who decides the game. But no, that's a, that's a great comp. Uh, Dak, he did pretty well. 29 of 41 for 299 and two, three TDs. And uh, seven, rushing, seven rushing attempts for 23 yards. And so I think there's a legitimate conversation. I don't even like to say this, but Dak may be in the conversation for the MVP in a year of weirdness in the NFL. Like, I don't think he's too far removed. If he has a few good weeks in a row, he could become the front runner. Like, there's, literally, there's really no one who's pulling away from the pack. And as we've talked about it, whether you like it or not, it's almost always an, uh, a QB award. And the QB numbers, there's no one world beaten out there. No, I agree. Um, and uh, I'm really getting eating my own words here because I, I hate Dak. I've perpetually been just a Dak hater. And it's not because of anything to do with his character. I'm sure he's a great guy. But he he's just been so bad on such a good team. And it's like it's made him look not that bad. Uh, but this season, I'm totally wrong. Like, so all, all you Cowboys fans listening, uh, I'm taking back what I said. He's played this year like he's, you know, as good as they've said he was. Um, and I'm kind of at a loss for words because I, you know, I never expected this from, from that guy. And I I kind of give him the, I give him my MVP vote right now. Yeah, no, I think looking at the numbers, I would have had it too. And then also the eyeball test, he probably would have gotten my vote too. But I think there's a lot of things that lead into it. Because I'm kind of a, I'd say I'm, I'm close to being a Dak hater historically. And it has to do with a lot of things. He's historically been pretty tough to watch in the biggest moments. And he's always going to be under a microscope as the Dallas Cowboys QB. So you're even further watching those moments. And so when they screw up, they seem even larger. And now we're seeing the same can be true when he wins. And so he is one, two, three, four, fifth in the league in passing yards. And he has the most passing TDs. He's only thrown six picks all year. And so, like, honestly, the front runners here is if, is probably him, Tua, or maybe like I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but maybe Brock Purdy. Like that'd be crazy. I, I can't I can't give it to Brock Purdy because his team is too fucking good around him. Like there's just too much shit. But we have a buddy who's a who's a Niners fan, and he knows that I sit on that side of the fence. And so every week he sends me a stat line. He's like elite. So I'm like, fuck, it, you still don't know about a guy when he's on a team that is so good. So I'm like, yeah, he's not bad, but elite, I think, is crazy to say. Yeah, that, that's that been interesting because I've had him, like, I have him on my fantasy team, and I have rarely started him this season. Like, I have Stroud, mm-hmm. so obviously that makes a big difference. But I honestly didn't think he was having, like, that crazy of a season. Like, he's obviously good. He's obviously winning games in San Fran, but. I, I didn't. I wouldn't put him in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. So he's seventh in, in the he's seventh in the league in passing yards with twenty three TDs and only six INTs. So statistically, he's not far off of Dak's performance. Dak does have better rushing totals, which is to be expected. Better athlete, but he's not far off. And on a team that is looking like the scariest in the NFL, and we'll talk deeper about that game when we get to it. But he's not far. And but I think that says a lot more about this league and this year. There's no one who's pulling away. Like, even if T-Law didn't get hurt 
uh, last night and he went on a bit of a run to end the season, like he would have had a chance, which is fucking crazy to say with the numbers I'm seeing here. But there's no one who's pulled away that much. So I do think that uh, if I had to go my top three, probably Dak, Tua, <sighs> fuck CJ or or Pat Mahomes. So I, like I'm loving CJ. I think he's dope, but because he's a rookie, I think they'll give him Rookie of the Year and they won't give him MVP. Um, it is annoying that it is a like a quarterback award because I would give it to McCaffrey or Hill. Like Tyreek Hill has been absolutely insane this year, and McCaffrey was getting at least a touchdown per game for like what was it, it was like a eight or nine game stretch, wasn't it? Yeah, no, maybe no, it was even longer than that. I think he was in like the teens, bro, because it dated into last year. But this season, I think you might be right with the eight number. Right, but it, it dates season. into last year. So yeah, that's that's not a bad take at all. I actually really like that. But if I had to give the MVP to a non to a non uh, quarterback, it would either be I'd go Hill if it's another offensive player for sure. Just watching, so I watched the Dolphins game in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anybody in the in the NFL that alters how much a defense plays like Tyreek Hill. Like he he adjusts everything for their offense. And the few times where they don't cheat to him, he scores a touchdown. It's like it's actually crazy. You can see it happen before it actually comes to fruition. You can see like he's about to score here because he knows there's not enough help over the top, and he just goes and he scores. So I'd give it to him, or I'd give it to Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett is fucking snapping too. And the fact that the Browns are still in playoff contention on their fourth QB, which is Joe Flacco, that's pretty fucking insane. And he's leading that charge for sure. Yeah, that's a good call. I honestly, I hadn't even considered a defensive option because I'm sure that's happened in the league under 10 times that a defensive player has won MVP. NFL MVP. We're slept on. Let me see. We deserve more. Yeah, you guys too. I'm trying to see. Let me see the history of NFL MVP winners. I think there have been. There have been. Uh, I'm almost certain there has been defensive players, but it's not been for a very, very long time. McNair. Shit. That's a little pretty lame. Dude, I'm. Go- Did I thought? Uh, I guess no. He won the Heisman. Not. But I was thinking that Woodson. One, but he just won the Heisman as a defensive player, which is still obviously mad impressive. But yeah, I don't know. Fuck, yeah. I'm back to the '90s. I don't see anyone. So yeah, it's, def- it's definitely not going to happen. But if I had to throw an honorable mention to a defensive player, it'd be Garrett. So because he's absolutely balling. But we actually the next game we had in our docket here is talking about your boy C.J. Stroud. So the Broncos were at the Texans. Uh, Texans won 22 to 18, and they snapped the Broncos' five-game winning streak. But they did lose Tank, Tank Dell. In the game, which is a huge loss. This reminds CJ. me. Good. How, how bad is that injury? He's out for the year. Shit. Yeah, it was. Oh, it, that was the the fracture, right? Out for the season after. I'm trying to see what exactly what it is. It's, yeah, fractured fibula. Yeah, gross. So that um, that, yeah, that reminds me really... of the that like Thanos meme. You know the one where he's like, like, what did you, 
what, like, what did you do or whatever? And he's like, oh, we beat the Broncos. Like, but what did it cost? He's like, everything. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> they lost their, their biggest needle mover on offense. So it'll be interesting to see how CJ can bounce back with that because he was, he was a crazy explosive threat, more so than I had anticipated coming into the season. And so if they can keep that kind of offensive production without him, hella impressive, says even more about CJ, maybe even ups his level of uh, legitimacy for the MVP conversation, but I think he does make things very tough for them <clears throat> moving forward, because there's no one on their team, apart from maybe Nico Collins, who scares you from like a deep point of view, because even Mechie, he, he's more of an underneath guy, and then they also have a buddy who used to be on the on the Bills and the Rams, what's his name again? Um, Robert Woods, and so he's he's a similar, he's a solid route runner, but he's not going to scare you over the top, so Maybe Nico, a Michigan dude, will step up, but that's a huge blow. There's been a lot of blows this week. This week kind of blowed, <laughs> and uh, the Broncos got a big one, but hmm. at least they got the dub. So 22, 22 to 18 protections over the Broncos. So I just Googled this. The NFL MVP award has only ever been awarded to one rookie, Jim Brown, in 1957. Like, <laughs> I, I agree with you that CJ Stroud – you, CJ could make a good run for it, man. Like, he's having that season. I just don't think they're ever going to do it. No, no, I think you're right. But I'm I'm more so saying it from a point of if I had a vote, who would get it, right? And I understand that there's politics at play that I don't have any part in. But if I had a vote, I would definitely have him in consideration, especially if he can somehow get that. To, I think the narrative really matters here. Coming into the season, people were legitimately saying that they could be one of the worst teams ever. Like, they were saying that this team's going to be absolutely tragic. They're going to be super fucking shit. And now they're in contention for a playoff spot, potentially even the division. Like, that is absolutely absurd, and it's all gone through him. I think he's raised the level of play and the level of belief in that organization. So I think that he deserves. Like, if you break down the truest sense of what an MVP is, and I think that is with a team that couldn't operate without that guy in it, I think he is the perfect personification of that. I think he is absolutely the lifeblood of that team. Will he get the award? No, I think you're dead ass right. There's no chance, but he'd have a good chance for my vote. I Yeah, I think I would, I'd probably pick him too. If he wasn't a rookie, if, if it wasn't like me trying to guess who's going to win and I actually got to yeah, choose, yeah, yeah. I'd probably pick him. Yeah. If I'm betting man, I'm probably going to go one of the classic candidates. If Dak keeps up this pace, he'll probably get it. But if not, it'll probably end up being fucking Mahomes or uh, even hurts because he does have some crazy rushing touchdown numbers too. So It'll probably be one of those classic assholes, but uh, but who knows? On to a really shit game. This is, this is actually absurd. Chargers at the Patriots. The Chargers won 6-0. They had six points this entire fucking game. That is absurd. So the Patriots couldn't score again, and they lose a third straight game while giving up under 10 points. And this is the first time that's happened since 1937. That is crazy. Dude, that makes me like the, what okay so i i want to know if you're a fan of one of these teams and mm -hmm. they're having the seasons they're having you know they're not going home with the fucking lombardi right yeah. are you yeah. sitting through that game watching it in its entirety that's that's really hard. the win doesn't matter like you're not you guys aren't yeah I would watch this if if the outcome of the game mattered. Like if if the Bills were in this game, and it's just mm. fucking uh, just boring as shit, but it matters to our like playoff 
seeding or whatever, then I would sit through it. But if both of these teams suck, neither one, and you're a fan of one of them, neither one of them is going to make the playoffs or do anything with it. Are you sitting through this? Like, are there fans that watch this game? So I can speak to this with some experience because being a Jags fan for like 15 plus years, most of the games that I've watched have been that exact scenario you're describing. <laughs> so I think you still do to a degree. I think there's probably even more so because of the involvement of like gambling and uh, fantasy and whatnot that people still watch. But it is hard. Like I can't, I can't lie. There's been some Jags games over the years where like it's been a Sunday and I've like dozed off while watching it. It sucks, but it's like this game meant nothing, and we're still playing like shit. Like you fall asleep, but or, but also when you're a season ticket holder, sometimes you're going more to see your friends and shit than you are anything else. And I'm sure those people left early. But no, it's a great point. It's it's shitty because once you're at a point like halfway through the season, typically you know if there's a point to watch the games or not. And these teams, mm-hmm. they're not there. And I also think that uh, like the Chargers team, they're playing for their coach. Like if they don't somehow start blowing it up, their coach is getting fired for sure. And the Patriots might be too. Fuck. Like, is this the end of Belichick in New England? Like we've talked about this a few times on the pod, but there's a realistic chance this could be his last season in Foxborough. Time for him to go. Yeah, I, I honestly think that it might be time for a fresh start because I, I kind of fear what he would do with a young QB. And you only really get one shot with these guys typically, and that's their very sound of mind. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence was one of the guys who was the exception, not the rule, who could go through that much adversity and still end up being pretty good. So I wouldn't want to risk a top three guy on an old school dude. This is just... I'm sure I'm going to get fucking hated for this, but that's just how I would take it. I think it's time for a changing of the guard. I think there's such a difference in the type of person that's playing in the NFL today and what it means to be like young and, and the kind of things that they're dealing with. I think he's too far out of touch. And I think it matters too much now because you can't get the kind of isolation to get people bought in that you used to be able to because there's just constant access to the players and they have constant access to shit they can consume. So I just think that, yeah, if, if I had a vote, I'm voting to get rid of him. I don't think there's many uh, Pats fans that are going to argue that at this point. After the season they're having, like, I, I'm sure they respect what he did for the program, like, over all the years. But I think even they mm. want him to go. Yeah, we, uh, we should bring on a Pats insider at some point in the show in the next few weeks to get a feel on that. Because that is going to be one of the biggest storylines of the offseason, if that comes to be. But it's six, like, it's just they need to be putting out more points. And, like, Mac Jones was a top 15 guy. They're doing absolutely nothing. I think that they are abysmal at picking up talent from a receiver point of view. They fucking suck. And on that note, from the other team in that game, Quinton Johnson is having one of the worst rookie seasons for a first-round uh, pick, maybe ever. So that's a tough look. And it's, it seems like this happens all the time, where there's great receivers taken just below really bad ones like this happens really frequently and so it just makes quentin johnson's lack of performance look so much worse when there's other guys balling that were picked later so yeah i feel for that guy hopefully he can uh lose his uh his drops and actually start balling but it's tough to watch every week there's like highlights of or low lights of quentin johnson so that was just an absolute shit fest that whole game uh, what's what's the difference here? Like, is it the size of the football? Is it the speed it's getting thrown at? Like, why can't you translate from college to pro? 
That's a great question. And I would actually say that this was fairly predictable. If you watched his film at TCU, it was very much a lot of, I'm just a superior athlete to you. That's why I'm getting this ball. There's nothing finessing about this. I'm just a better athlete than you. That can happen so much less frequently. And even the gap between the guy covering you, even if you are a better athlete than, you, than him, it's not far enough where you can win solely on that. So I do. Right. Think, and like a lot of these drops were, were seen in college too. Like this stuff is not, this is not that surprising to me whatsoever. But he is one of those guys who you look at him. And I think Calvin Johnson, everyone gets thrown into that mold. If you're like 6'3 and over and can run a 4'4, everyone's like, oh, he could be the next, the next Calvin Johnson. And it's like, that kind of distorts people's views. I do think that a lot of combine numbers and, and seeing people run in shorts really gets people fired up for thinking what they could do in their system. I do also think that he's having to get more involvement in the offense due to injuries than they were probably hoping that he would have to. Because when, um, fuck, what's his name, went down with the torn ACL, that led to him now having to basically play his Williams' role. And then uh, now he's kind of getting ex exposed for all of these weaknesses. And so my only issue for him or fear is if this gets into his head too much because receivers can develop. Like sometimes it takes them two, three years to get better, but it's, it's can they get past that initial point of adversity? And with how much this guy's getting fucking roasted, you're going to need to go get some like mental help to not let that impact your entire self-worth. <laughs> Do they have a, an onboard shrink? Do the teams Dude, have their own therapists? They have to. But I do think there's, honestly, this is kind of a really side topic, but I think there's going to be a way bigger involvement of people of that, of that side of the game, like, but more publicly, I think. I think there's, there's a lot of them that are already getting involved with like, like psychologists or spiritual people getting involved. But I think there's going to start being more, a lot more publicly known. I think, I think it does exist right now, but it's not taken that seriously from, from people or it's not that disclosed. But I think it's going to become a bigger, a bigger thing because of how much these guys go through off the field like back in the day let's say even in the 80s if you played like absolute dog shit you could very easily get away from your shitty performance and go about your life and even forget a lot of it now that's fucking impossible now everything that you do everything yeah. that you go on you are getting ripped on and so how would that not distort how you view yourself even if you have a ton of proof previously saying that you're great there's enough constantly coming at you that's going to convince you that you're shit and so i think that's going to open up a massive opportunity for teams that buy into that Part of me wants to say, like, hopefully they use it as motivation. Like, man, if you're playing like shit, to be honest, like, I feel like people are within their rights to tell you that. Like, man, all you got to do is catch a ball. That's your job. It's in the name. Receiver. Receive it. You know what I mean? That's all there is to it. Like, if you're not doing that one simple thing, like, you deserve a little bit of backlash, but use it as motivation. Don't let it ruin your career and, like, your entire mental health. You know what I mean? No, you are 100% right in what you're saying, but I'm sure you can sympathize with the, the ability of any person's ability to manifest more negative things by thinking about negative things, right? Like if you For think, sure. I'm going to drop this ball, I'm going to drop this ball, you drop the fucking ball. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think the biggest issue is the ability to get away from it. No, you're 100% right. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars and you're dead ass right. Receiver is in his job title. And he's not doing that. So I do get it. But I think that creates another level of skill to the NFL or sports in general is can you can you get that that mental piece figured out too to weather some of these storms because they're somewhat inevitable. And I think a lot of guys haven't even thought about that stuff because they're still so young. 
And then they come into the league and they get tortured psychologically more so than they do physically in, in a lot of situations. And I fear that this may happen with Johnson. So a couple of points here that I want to know. I'm focused. Um, I want to know how Ryan Leaf is doing because I heard a commentator this. Yeah, this past weekend compare somebody to Ryan Leaf. And I was like, man, this guy is still getting roasted. Like, is he okay? Like, this guy's been a laughingstock for the, like, what is it, like 30 years now? Like, this poor yeah. guy. I, I think he was one of the first guys when the media became, like, really, really big. And I also think he he exploded. Like, he his destruction was very explosive and a great story, too. I think he kind of did it to himself. Like, did you see some of the clips of him screaming at his teammates? No. They were fucked. Like, objectively, they, they were fucked. So okay. I get Then I feel less did, bad. And he also had a gambling addiction. He went to, to prison and shit. And so I think oh. he actually is doing really well. I think that he's, he's really become more of a media figure now. And he's talked pretty openly about all of his struggles. And so, ironically, this is actually really, really fucking funny. and kind of shows you there's opportunity in everything. Is that because he was the guy who burned out, he's now the expert that gets brought on whenever somebody is burning out. That talking is about the wild. psychology behind it. Isn't that fucked? It's like, it's like such a full yeah. circle moment. Oh, that's and, and those those guys in the somewhere in the middle that just like no one cares about. Like you'll have like the guys that are really good, like Peyton and Eli, that now have this huge podcast that's taken off. Or you've got the yeah. guys at the absolute bottom, like Ryan Leaf, that are relevant because they were so bad. So shit. <laughs> and then there's all those guys in the middle that were decent in their career, but like. Actually, that's not true. I was going to say they forgot about but like Ryan Fitzpatrick's got a job in media. Uh, RG3 has the job on the panel, which blows my mind, bro. But like, I think he was both good those for are kind of two years. I think both those actually reinforce your point, though, because they they weren't really there because of their performance. They're there because of the story behind it, which is almost the same reason for, for Ryan Leaf, right? So it's like, yes, even Fitzpatrick, who was probably the epitome of mid the story was not mid the story was compelling the story got people invested and so i think that's why he has his job and i think that, that kind of goes back to human behavior we fucking love stories especially ones that had us captivated and felt something i think that's why rg3 there's actually a little bit of for you didn't even know this there's a little bit of foreshadowing in um your inclusion of one of those guys for my show stealer of the week so way to go chandler you don't even know it but you teed me up Mm, I Okay, I think I might have almost picked yours too. Oh shit! Oh shit! I didn't. I didn't. Didn't go with it. The other thing I was gonna say um, about roasting these guys and what they have to see with social media and you know, like in the new age. Yeah. um, Imagine if other professions had the like the margin of error that some of these guys like. Imagine Quentin Johnson's success rate. But it's a doctor or a surgeon, yeah. right? Like, but, and but they do. So it's one thing to say they're playing a sport and they're under all this pressure, and you know, it's it's just a game or whatever. But it's like no one else can go to their job and perform that poorly and keep their job. Yes, they can. Doctors do all the time. Do you know the leading cause of mortality in like doc people who have gone to the doctor? What is it? It's human error. It's like one of the biggest causes. I may, I may have capped with the biggest. But the numbers are absolutely fucking staggering. If you look up this, there's this book that I read. I forget what it's fucking called. It's basically, ah, oh, 
It's basically about like the system that's been put in place because of so many errors that were made by doctors that led to people literally dying. And so as someone who's dealt with doctors a lot, they have so many things in their favor to save them even when they do fuck up. So I would actually say there are a lot of professions where I would agree with that, but the medical field is not one of them. I've, I've lived through a guy who had no repercussions for just fucking up my knee. So like they, they actually are in Canada. They are the most protected things on this fucking planet because we're getting it for free. You have to prove that like they had fucked up so bad. And to, to win that case, you would need other people that are also part of the same system to corroborate your story. And why would they screw over their brother knowing that that could happen to them later down the line? There's almost no cases in Canada that get won by the person who got fucked. So I yeah. think, like, I agree with you. I agree with you. But not in that, not in healthcare. Healthcare, they have a lot of protection. In the in the states, a little bit less so. Like Taylor Lewan is suing the guy who did his surgery right now, actually. So, but I get, I completely get what you're saying. If like, if you were a regular person and you did that, you're probably getting fired. That's fucked, man. The, I mean, that's why my teeth look like this. We were we were trying to go after my orthodontist too. And yeah. he fucking fled, bro. He disappeared. What do you mean? Apparently, what? there were other people also trying to go after him. And he just de- shut his practice down, took off. No one could find him. Oh, so he fucked he had people... he f- Yeah, he fucked me over. But apparently, there were enough other people trying to go after him that he just fucking disappeared. Shit. It was nuts. Holy shit. Okay. That, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that happened. That's fucked. But so, I was, I was exaggerating by saying it was like the first one. It's the third leading cause of death in America, a, a country riddled with heart disease, obesity, and obesity-related illness. Human error is the third causing contributor of death. That's fucking insane. Oh my god, dude, that's fucked. But uh, yeah, back. We'll get back to football here. Uh, I do like our little side side uh, chats here. But the Lions, <laughs> the Lions played the Saints. This game was fucking wild. The Lions came yep. out to a massive lead. They almost fucked it up, and then the Saints couldn't pull through in the end because Derek Harr got hurt. And there's actually a lot of tea going on right now. Have you been following this with um, Derek Carr and who's beefing him? Michael Thomas. Have you seen that? No. Okay, so it's been quite evident that Michael Thomas has not been happy with his performance, especially since Drew Brees left. And I think shit has finally hit the fan because I don't get why people do this. I guess they're trying to force action, but he... He tweeted not so cryptically, or maybe put on his story, a quote of Drew Brees in a little post-game press conference praising the shit out of Michael Thomas, saying how he's the guy, blah, 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 all the shit. He's like, my job is just to find him when he's open. And then he captioned it, some know, others don't. Like, obviously, calling, calling out Derek Carr, saying, I'm open, you're not getting me the ball, fuck you. And now there's a ton of drama in New Orleans, and they lost that game against the Lions. And Derek Carr went down. So it's, and then also, this is the game where the dude who was the lines, who, who was the guy, the chain guy who got his leg yeah. cut fucked up. This was just a, this week was fucked. This season is fucked. So, okay. I, I kind of have to agree with Michael Thomas on this one because we're, we're old enough to have watched him play with Drew Brees and he was good. Derek Carr has always been so incredibly mid. Like, this is probably mm-hmm. Derek Carr's fault, if I had to pick a side. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean I'm glad he's hurt or anything like that, but unfortunately, I got to take Michael Thomas' side on that one. 
the other thing about this game, man, is I think the Lions are fucking fake. They are not yeah. as good as the record says. Yeah, I don't think that's scary either. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost their first playoff game, even if it was at home. Like, they kind of give me those vibes. I can't lie, the Jags kind of give me the same fucking vibes. Knock on wood, hopefully that's not true. But, uh, yeah, this game was fucked. I honestly, I agree with your point. I think Derek Carr might be more of the problem. He's another guy who I feel like maybe gets in his own head too much. He spins such a beautiful ball, and Mm -hmm. statistically always does decently well. But a lot of times, if you look back into his best games, a lot of these these touchdowns and shit have been in garbage time. And so that's really skews opinion on people when you're just looking at numbers and not the context behind those numbers. Yeah, I don't don't disagree with that whatsoever. Well, they're in a very weird situation. It's like, do you play Jameis Winston, who's a walking interception? Uh, or do you do you let Derek Carr continue to go? Like, I don't think there's a right answer there. I think that they fell victim to the classic situation where they thought their roster was close enough, so they got a banded guy, but still paid him like a, a top tier QB, and now they got to ride with him for at least, I believe, one more year. Yeah, and the rest of the roster is not close enough. No, I don't think so either. I think they got Kamara still got it though, dude. This was the first week I saw him play where I was like, oh, this guy's actually fucking sick. Dude, he's my favorite non-Bills player in the league. He's so smooth, bro. I love Kamara, bro. And he plays with a full set of grills, bro. This guy looks iced out on the field. It's so sick, man. Yeah. No, he's he's an absolute Such a baller. Okay, so so here's the situation. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they got him for at least one more year. So Derek Carr signed a four-year, $150 million contract with the Saints on March 6th. And $100 million of that is guaranteed. So you guys got him for at least one more year, at least. That is far too much money for Derek Carr. I agree. Well, fuck, Daniel Jones got like, what, 40 mil per year? So it's just the crazy situation of if you start and you're a QB, even if you're fucking shit, you're getting over 30 mil. And, dude, you know, I saw the stat for when, when Aaron Rodgers, I watched this video, came up in my timeline on TikTok. When Aaron Rodgers fell to 22, I believe it was, or in the 20s, they explained why he fell, and it was because like 10 or so teams had big money QBs. Dude, the dudes were all making under 10 mil. And that was considered like big money, like huge money QBs. And they showed David Garrard, who I think was making like $4 million. I was like, what the fuck? That's like a solid return man in today's NFL. Not even. Yeah. It's crazy how much the game has grown and also with inflation and all that shit. But seeing those numbers, absolutely blew my mind because Aaron Rodgers is still in that same NFL in the same league and uh, big money QB was like a six million dollar QB man thinking about that like he must have made more money in like his last season playing than he did in the first like six seasons he played yeah it is it's crazy to see how much it's changed and like how much guys who came first really paved the way for how much these guys are making with changes to like the collective bargaining agreements and all that shit. I still think there's a long way to go. I think the NFL wins more than the players do in this situation. But uh, yeah, those numbers were pretty fucking insane to, to see firsthand. But I agree with your point. The Lions don't seem too for real. I think the Saints are fairly irrelevant. Their division is absolutely horrible. So they might squeak into the playoffs somehow. But uh yeah, neither of those teams are that real, in my opinion. No, and that's what I mean. Like, for for the Lions to only beat the Saints by five, this, I mean, like, and like we say, like, any given Sunday kind of de- type deal. Like, 
maybe the Saints just had a really good game or whatever, but the Lions should be absolutely slapping the Saints if they're for real. And they also got up to, it was a 21 or a 28 point lead within the first quarter. I think it was, it was absolutely absurd. And then they just did nothing. So that's not a very good sign for, if you're a good team, you should be able to get up. And then we've talked about this on the show too, but I fucking hate how much teams change their mentality when they get a lead. It's like, why are you, why are you changing what got you here, man? Yeah. Foot on the gas, man. Keep it going. I agree. If you score a hundred points, they can't win. You know what I mean? Like, let's go score some more. Well, and then think about like tiebreakers later, like point differentials and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that at all. It's one of the most frustrating things, seeing how much schematically things change on O and D when they have a lead. And oftentimes you see it's like, oh, if you don't feel comfortable with it, you end up fucking it up. And then it's like when a guy fumbles a bag, either financially or with a girl, it's because, oh, you didn't feel like you deserved it, and then you end up fucking it up. The same, same is true with, uh, I see with these football coaches, man. They get, they get too, too scared, and scared money don't make money, you know? Facts. Big facts. Facts, bro. Big facts. Okay, so before we get into <laughs> this next one, yeah. I had an 11-leg parlay. Um, I was hitting everything, bro. And I had early payouts on, like, two or three of the games. Like, I was feeling nice. Uh, the Steelers fucked me. Like, that game was ridiculous. Uh, so I was, like, super pissed at the Steelers for being so terrible. And then I lost, like, all of the late games. Like, I was just blaming the Steelers for screwing my parlay, blah, blah, blah. And then the late games happened, and I lost, like, all of them. That's, it goes that way so frequently. But the Steelers game didn't... Um, oh, did that? Did they end up finishing it with the rain and shit? Yeah, I think so. Eventually. Okay. Because that game was, was delayed for anybody who wasn't aware. They played the Cardinals, and the game was delayed due to mass amounts of rain. And as Chandler was saying, the Steelers screwed his parlay at first. And... The yeah, Steelers lost 24-10, and Buddy got hurt. What's his name, right? Um, fuck, what's his name? Pickett. Uh, Pickett, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and so, I, honestly, I don't think it's a huge drop to do a Mitch Trubisky. I really don't think that's a huge downgrade. Everyone's saying That's what I was saying, too. This upcoming Thursday, they're like, oh, no points might be scored because it's the Patriots versus the Steelers now led by Trubisky. I think it's kind of like that Spider-Man meme, bro, with Kenny Pickett and him standing beside each other. They're doing the same thing. <laughs> exactly. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's much of a difference. Honestly, I think they're like so fucking similar to each other. It's kind of funny they're on the same team, and maybe that was deliberate. But they're both like above-average white athletes with who throws a pretty ball, makes pretty poor decisions, and that, and it's like that's it. <laughs> that's Kenny Pickett. That is. I was actually saying this on Sunday. I was like. They might do better with Trubisky and like talking about that mm-hmm. one game, not the rest of the season or whatever. But he, they pulled him into the game. I was like, if I'm a Steelers fan, I, like I'm not that upset about this. Just see what happens. I'm indifferent to this, honestly, because I still don't think Kenny Pickett's your guy. You, I'd say you probably give him one more year to see, but he's not giving you anything so far where he's blowing you away. So yeah, I don't think it's a huge downgrade in my personal opinion. But Pickett did go down. The Cardinals get a dub. So they now have three on the season, I believe it is. And their the tight end, Trey McBride, he continues to ball out. Um, producer Kurt here says, is he the next Travis Kelsey? I would maybe slow the brakes on that one a little bit. But I think he's definitely, he definitely is balling out. There's no doubt about that. And it, so much so that they ended up cutting their other tight ends. Um, I'm blanking on names today. I can see his fucking face. He used to be on the, on the Eagles. 
but he got cut, uh, and I believe that played a big role in that because he's he's balling out. So, uh, congrats to the Cardinals and Trey McBride for looking pretty damn solid out there. And the Steelers are kind of shit. Super shit. Super shit. That should be their uh, But the uh, I, I just love to hate on the Steelers because they've been historically pretty good. And the Jags yeah. is the only team we beat. So I got to trip somebody. But another game that was absolutely dog shit. The Falcons at the Jets. Two teams that are pretty underwhelming. 13-8. The Falcons won. It's one of the, one of the worst games of the week. Uh, they 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 want to go away from Boyle and go back to Zach Wilson. Did you see this whole drama or, or no? Vaguely. Okay. I did see a little so, bit, but I don't care yeah, enough so the, the, about these teams. Yeah. The narrative coming out of it was <laughs> that Zach Wilson doesn't have a desire to go back in or he's scared to go back in, probably a combination of the two, and that they had to sit him down and like talk to him about going back in. And if there's any degree of truth to that, that's fucking crazy. Dude, you were a top two QB. You're making, fuck, 10 million probably per year, like including endorsements and shit. And you have to decide whether you want to go in or not. Fucking throw me in, kid. The hell? Yeah. I Like, if you take one of their season's salary and split it into just one game, like, you know, divided by 17 or whatever, I would happily take that, go in for one game, risk my fucking life out there, and uh, just take that paycheck. I would pay to watch that, Chandler. I would pay for front row seats to that shit to see you slice it and dice it. I Dude, would love that. <laughs> I like I'd be okay until some like until someone hits me around the knees. I think you'd be fine, man. I think you'd ball. My joints are made of glass now. Turf is the devil. Turf is, is the devil, but I, I think that'd be fucking awesome. I would love to watch that. And Chandler does throw a nice ball, so I would love to watch that. As long as he doesn't get too badly hurt, I'd love to watch it. And if you got a fat paycheck out of it, hey, I'm, I'm all here for it. But yeah, the, that is one of the worst situations in football, the Zach Wilson and the Jets situation. The memes that came from this, if you aren't need a good laugh at somebody else's expense, which, hey, sometimes it goes that way. Uh, if you look up the memes related to the situation, some of them are quite hilarious. And producer Kurt, Fucking loved them. So definitely go check out some of the Zach Wilson memes. If there's anybody in the NFL right now that needs like a therapist or needs some help with their mental health, it's got to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And uh, maybe he just spends too much time thinking about moms when he should be thinking about dropping bombs. You know what I mean? So Facts. it is what it is. It is what it is, man. Uh, hopefully you can turn it around and maybe next year can be your development year. But that was an absolutely horrible game. I don't think there's much time to waste on that uh, a cool game with with some implications uh for the playoffs surprisingly is the colts versus the titans the colts won a really close one 31 to 28 against the titans and uh Minshew led a game where he had a comeback uh and it's crazy that this, this division statistically or record wise is looking as good as it is and now every team in the top three has a chance for the first seed which is crazy and i don't i don't love um I, I would have loved the, I would have wanted the Titans to actually win here to keep the Colts farther away from us. But Gardner Minshew's one of those guys, man. He figures out ways to win. And did you see the clip of him dancing at the end? Yeah, he's funny, man. He kills me, dude. He's just uh, he just seems like an all around good time. I hope that uh, he does well statistically, but the, the they don't win the division. Obviously, I want the Jags to win the division. But 
that's a game. I don't really see either of these two teams being a risk for Jacksonville. Like obviously Houston's kind of snapping right now. Oh my god! Actually, I want to touch on something I read online. Um, Go for it. Just going back to Houston for a second. Um, someone was someone on Reddit was talking about how like their team, like they put up a really good fight against the Texans, uh, and they were saying that like. Oh, we took it like we we took it down to the wire with like the hottest team in the AFC, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. Like the Texans are good; they're exciting to watch right now. But like the amount of copium you're taking to actually think that just because you held it a close game with the Houston Texans, you're claiming they're the hottest team in the AFC just to like make yourselves feel a little better. That is such a wild take to me. I was pissing myself and it's like obviously it's the broncos like i don't know if it was on their subreddit or if it was like whatever like af something uh like meme or whatever um but it, that that made me die laughing man people were agreeing they're like yeah like well it was such a good battle with such a good team and all this shit and i'm like you guys are crazy like they're not that good Sports fans are some of the most delusional people on this planet, and oftentimes they'll find someone else. Actually, this happens all across the internet with every kind of people. But the issue with the, with uh, with the internet is you're going to find some other idiot who agrees with you, and so then since you can find one other idiot who agrees with you, you're like, okay, there must be some truth behind this point, and then you die on that sword. And that's why there's so many fucking idiots out there it's because they don't realize that's what's happening. Whereas back in the day, if you were isolated to the people around you. And everyone knew it was a dumb idea. We'd be like, man, that's fucking stupid. And he'd be like, oh, might be stupid. Now he can go find anyone to agree with him. And then now he's like, yeah, we got, we played the hottest team in the AFC. Yeah, because before you'd be like, oh, okay, like, I guess if everyone around me is telling me I'm wrong, but then you go get the validation from other people online. You're like, no, my friends are wrong. They're the dumb ones. Exactly. No, it is. It's the internet. It's great, but it fucking sucks for a lot of things too, and that's a clear example. But the, the next game I watch, I watched this one in its entirety. The Dolphins at the Commanders, fucking blowout, forty-five to fifteen. The Dolphins simply abused the Commanders. Tyree Kill, another huge game, one fifty-seven and two TDs. The TDs were honestly kind of boring. He just ran away from everyone like every other fucking week. And uh, I think he'll be the first ever player to have two K receiving yards in a season. Granted, keep in mind it is the first. Uh, or it will be broken in a longer season than what the previous records were. But I do think he has a very good chance to get it. But uh, the Dolphins look somewhat legit. They do bully bad teams, mm-hmm. and they don't perform against good teams. So we'll still, I think the jury's still out on that one. But this game was a massive fucking blowout. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch that one in its entirety for that reason. Like, there, there was a certain point in that game when I was like, okay, this is over. I'm not going to stick around and mm. spend any more time on this. Yeah, and there's one stat because another podcast, pardon my take, one of the hosts is a Commanders fan. And so he pulled up this stupid stat where it was like the first QB since Matt Stafford to throw three pick sixes back to, in back-to-back weeks was uh, Howell. And the year that Stafford did it, the Rams won the Super Bowl. So he's like, oh, oh my God. for Super Bowl bound. He's obviously joking. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it is funny how you can find stats like that that can reinforce just delusion. So that was funny. I still don't trust the Dolphins until they 
beat somebody good. But two other bad teams that played was the Panthers to the Bucks. The Bucks just beat them 21-18. And this is one stat that's pretty crazy from the receiver's perspective as well. Is that Mike's, Mike Evans got another season with 1,000 receiving yards. And that's 10 seasons in a row. That is crazy. So only Jerry Rice has more 1,000-yard seasons than him. I love Mike Evans. He's an absolute dog. But holy shit, the Bucks are terrible, man. Like, even though they won this game. Like, I keep picking them Panthers, in parlays too, like. man. Yeah, probably not a good idea. But they keep, uh, they keep, like, they beat the Panthers, which that's not a shock to anyone. But one question that, I actually would love to hear your thoughts on this. But one question that producer Kurt wrote down was, is Mike Evans the most underrated receiver ever? And then his other option was Jimmy Smith. So Jimmy Smith played in the 90s for the Jags, and he has nine 1,000-yard seasons, and no one ever really talks about that guy. So I would argue, obviously I'm biased as a Jags fan, I would say Jimmy Smith because I think the era that he was in was far less geared towards offense and receivers than it is today. So no discredit to what Mike Evans has accomplished, but he's playing in a, in a league that any receiver historically would love to be playing in. Well, I, I don't know. So, like, I'm kind of torn now because if we go back to the Dolphins game, we're talking about Tyreek, like, potentially breaking 2,000 yards. Like, that almost makes it seem but like who's a thousand he's is underrated, like... though. No, 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 not that he's underrated, but that 1,000 yards is, like, you know, obtainable. Not that much. Like, like is it that impressive? It's, it's, it's. I think the the biggest impressive part of it in today's NFL is like how long he did it and how many seasons in a row he did it. That's probably the most yeah. impressive thing. But you're no, you're, you're not wrong because on the Jags last year, like we didn't have a crazy high profile offense, and we had three guys that were pretty damn close to a thousand yards on the same team. So I do think that that one thousand yard number is not what it used to be. Because I remember even playing Madden in the two thousands, thinking like that was a really good year for my receiver. And now it's like, if they don't have a thousand yards by like week 13, 14, it's not that good of a year for these guys because there's just so much fucking offense and every rule Dude, is geared towards offensive production. That's 59 points a game or 59 yards a game. Yeah, the additional game definitely helps a lot. Yeah. Like in a 17 game season, to get a thousand yards, it would be 59 yards a game. That's like, that's consistent enough, right? But. I don't know. That doesn't like to me. That doesn't Dream scream domination. like most underrated of all time. Because like he's got to be up there with touchdowns to me for me to think that he's like you know it, that we're calling him underrated. Well, I think he does have a pretty shitload of touchdowns. Let me let me pull up his stats. Let's oh, and I'm not saying he's not Mike good. Evans. Like I, I love Mike Evans. He's got 91 career touchdown receptions. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So he'll, so he'll probably clip over 100 in his career by the time it's all said and done. I Yeah, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. He has my vote. I like him. Um, I, I just don't think he's that underrated. Okay, I get what you're saying. I think, well, I'll, I'll die on the sword that I think Jimmy Smith is the most underrated receiver ever, but that's a point that no one really cares about, clearly. The uh, other, uh, the other next game we got here is the Joe Flacco return game, right. and that is the Browns versus the Rams. Nineteen to uh, thirty-six to nineteen was the final score. The Rams won that one, and uh, surprisingly, 
the Browns weren't able to do it with Joe Flacco. So uh, Puko, 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 Puko <laughs> Nakua had a pretty damn good game. Uh, and he's a guy who's in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I do think that CJ Stroud is a lock. I don't think that anybody else could get it unless Stroud got an injury. I don't wish that for him. I'm not going to win for him. But I don't think Puka's got a shot. Maybe in other years if there wasn't a QB going off, maybe. And I, I got to put some respect on Puka's name because he's still being consistently performing far more than I had expected. So Puka, I will eat my words there. You're doing a lot better than I thought. He's already over a thousand yards, and I, I said that he wouldn't get there all year. So he made me look dumb. Good for you, buddy. And he's, he's still uh, uh, only four, only fourteen. He had some slow weeks, didn't he? he? Yeah, he had a few. Well, not like yeah, like his game against the Cardinals. He only had four receptions for twenty-seven yards. So that definitely. Mm hurt his production a bit, but he had those few games early where he was just snapping so hard that's going to steal yeah. the numbers a little bit. But, uh, wow, this this is actually a crazy stack. I didn't think Puka was this fast, but this is Puka Nakua matched Hill and Samuel by hitting 20 miles per hour twice on Sunday. Wow. He's moving. Way to go, Puka. I'm sure there's, I'm sure they were probably a little higher than him, but still he passed 20 miles per hour. Pretty damn impressive. Can we talk about the other receiver on that fucking team? Who, Cup? Yeah. I was yeah. riding my whole fantasy season on this guy, and he's like the 60th ranked receiver. Well, didn't he get hurt? He hasn't been out for much this season. Oh, like, yeah, so first four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, But since then, he's been it. And he's done f- almost fucking nothing, man. No, he's missed... So he... Yeah, okay, you're right. He's, he's Yeah, he's been back, and he's not been doing shit. No, you're right. He hit a TD this week against the Browns, but, wow, he was... That was a bad game across the board, statistically, for the... Five straight Rams weeks with under seven points, dude. Yeah, that's pretty shit. That's pretty shit. But, yeah, he's probably... I don't think he'll ever have the kind of numbers that he did before. But, yeah, that, that's tough. I'm, I have a similar situation where I banked my whole fantasy team largely around Travis Kelsey and he's regressed a shitload. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. in the coming game, but that's just the way it goes. Like these guys fall off because it is a game of inches as cliche as that sounds. And so once you lose a step, you're losing a lot of inches. And so there goes your separation. It's hard to win, but yeah, it, I feel bad for you because that is pretty shit. His numbers are worse than I even expected. Well, it's surprising because he's he's very injury prone. And this season, besides how it started, he's managed to stay healthy enough, right? And it's just not seeing the ball. A lot of times I do think that playing is very different from being healthy. And there's a lot of guys who have lingering shit where pride or whatever makes them stay in there because they can get cleared. But even if it's changing how they feel mentally and how they approach a route, if that can consume too much thought, it can really dramatically alter how they play out there. Game football is a game you got to play with reckless abandon and, and not be thinking too much. You want to you want to act on instinct, and if you're at a place where you can't do that because of some sort of ailment, I think there's major repercussions statistically, and then also like performance in general. So that might be playing a role. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. I've not assessed his MRIs or or anything like that. I'm just a guy spitballing here. Fair enough. But who knows? I feel bad for you. I hope you start snapping. I hope somehow you get into the uh, fantasy playoffs and hope I get there too. But I'm probably fucked now as well. The Arguably the biggest game of the week is our next one. If you want to tee this one up. Yeah. Um, 
this is one of the ones I lost in my parlay. I did not expect it to go this way at all. But the 49ers and the Eagles. 49ers made the Eagles look silly. And I think really took them down a peg. And now we're not as scared of the Eagles. They are beatable. Yeah. But then I asked this question to you. Does that say more about how beatable the Eagles are or how unbeatable the Niners now are? I mean, the Niners' record is still worse than the Eagles. But I, but a lot of that was times when they did not have the Avengers assembled. <laughs> they were rolling with, with Hawkeye. Did you see how they uh, pulled up to the game? No. They all wore black because it was the Eagles' funeral. And then they backed it up. That's jokes. I mean, good for yeah. them. And, like, Debo... It was Debo, right? Last year that was, like, talking a whole bunch of shit after the loss in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was, like, calling out some of the guys in the Eagles that, like, their shit and all the stuff. And they were like, oh, if, if Brock was playing, like, we win that game hands down. And then they came out here and you know, they fucking did. It looked that way. Yeah, so yeah. This, this is a rematch of the NFC Championship game from a year ago. And then some stats here. So... I didn't even know. I hadn't read this before I said the shit about Purdy before, but Purdy's now moved to the betting favorite for NFL MVP. Wow. That's crazy to me. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go look at that on the betting app after this and pick somebody else. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win it. Like, And now there's just better odds for somebody else, like better payout. That's hilarious. Well, let me know who you end up going with. Uh, but yeah, so he is number one. That's that's a bit of a shock to me, even though I had included his name. And another question that producer Kurt has here, which I think is a very fair one, and I think a pretty easy answer, is are the Niners the best team in the NFL? And I would say emphatically, yes. I would say that they are the team that I would be most afraid to run into in the playoffs. And I think it would take something like last year's situation where Purdy got hurt for for most teams to have a chance because I would have said the Eagles are the closest counterpart to them and they got manhandled. Yeah, but we know what KC does, man. Like if it ends up being a Niners KC Super Bowl, I can definitely see KC taking it again. Yeah, we'll see. But another note here, apparently Goodell wants to ban the tush push. I don't think that you should be banning plays. If someone, I don't know, they do this all the time where something gets exploited because of a rule book and they, they go and alter. But I don't, like, I don't see how this is something that you, you could remove from because my whole thing is there's, there are other people trying it that don't have the same levels of success. So is it a fundamental flaw with the rule itself or execution? And should we not be rewarding good execution, not penalizing them? Yeah, and I mean, it's not proving to be any more dangerous than any other play. They're not breaking any previously established rules. They're just trying to ban it because it's so dominant. Yeah. So I vote. And again, and that's even as a team. It's only for like a yard or two. Like, it's not like they're getting like 35 yards every time they run this. Yeah. But those, those one yards add up when they're constant fourth and ones and whatever. But I'm still a big believer where they just are doing it better than you. So don't penalize them for doing it. Mm -hmm. Niners big statement game took out the Eagles 42 to 19. Uh, yeah, and I think it was in Philly too, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a major statement win for them. And we'll perfectly segue into the Chiefs versus Packers. So the Chiefs 
play the Packers in Green Bay, and the Packers won that game twenty-seven to nineteen. They upset the Chiefs, and uh, it gave us the it gave the Jags an opportunity to get the first seed in uh, the AFC, which we did not secure. But uh, the Chiefs do not look scary like they once did. I've echoed this a bunch of times, and I'll say it once more. They don't scare me at all unless something dramatically changes. I wouldn't even care to run into them in the playoffs as the Jaguars. I think that we could we we could beat them, and so that's kind of crazy because and Travis Kelsey I think is the biggest thing where he didn't scare me like he used to at all. No, I, well, I'm pissed. I'm going to lose that bet I did with my friend between him getting 10 TDs and Taylor winning album of the year. Like, I'm not going to get that because of him. Oh, obviously, Taylor's a lock. But, like, fuck, he's a letdown. Man, the Packers suck. Like, how how are you going out there and losing to the Packers? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think I think Love is decent. I think he's not that shit. So I think that plays a role that he's he's okay he but looked yeah, good at the beginning bet- of the year he's he was doing nothing the past month or so at least yeah he's but he's still playing his first full season so i think ups and downs are to be expected and he looked pretty good in this one he's a pretty sick athlete so I, i'm not completely sold on him i'd say i'm probably 60 to 70 percent of the way there and this was a great win to get them closer but as for your bet he's got five tds so far so there's still a chance because he could pop off for a two or three touchdown game any any given week so you, you could still win that bet for sure but if we're going on like Historically, based on the numbers so far it would mm-hmm. yeah it's not looking good no his stat line looks nothing like his previous weeks and from a fantasy perspective i can say that as well he's not been doing it for me and my fantasy team unless we get a big turnaround we might be fucked but I don't think the Chiefs dynasty is over. I think they need a revamp offensively, and I don't know. I don't know where they get those resources. Maybe they, they, they hit it in the draft. But they definitely need some more offensive talent, especially if Kelsey retires. They really got to reshape their entire offense. But they did lose this week, and Packers got it up. So congratulations to Green Bay. The Bengals then played the Jags at the game that was last night, and uh, Kirk went down. Christian Kirk. And the Jags had a bunch of injuries in this one. We Obviously, the biggest one being Trevor Lawrence. That looked really bad when it was watched in real time. I got a ton of texts from people being like, oh, he just blew out his knee. He just tore his Achilles. And when I watched it back, I was like, I don't think either of those things happened. I thought it was a high ankle, ankle sprain. My guess at the time was uh, three to six weeks. And it seems like it might even be less than that because he only got ruled or diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. And he's not even ruled out for this game this weekend, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think we're hoping they don't start him. Who are they playing this week? The Browns with Flacco. Yeah, bench him. And yeah, like I, I think you want to save him. Don't, don't bother risking it. Uh, don't play Bethard because that guy fucking sucks. Find somebody else or put in Rourke or something. God, Bethard is terrible. Um, I would I think way be rather back, Rourke to be honest. Playing. Yeah, 100%. I hope he doesn't. I, I I hope this gives Rourke an opportunity where hopefully he shines in practice this week and they're like, yo, put him in. I actually just got a Nathan Rourke jersey, so that'd be crazy weird timing if he somehow played. But, uh, yeah, it was a very tough night for the Jags fans. So, Jags fans, so I'll talk about it a bit. The uh, It started off, there was a lot of bright spots, but the injuries just kept piling up, and our defense couldn't do shit. Calvin Ridley had a lot of drops, which is... A recurring theme for this guy he is so explosive but i don't know if it's the timing that's off from from the time off of football or what but he just seems 
close but not there. And in a game like this, we could have fucking used them there completely. We lost a lot of key players, and our defense just did not look real. And this has been a recurring pattern with the Jags, where it's I, I, they're another team where I don't know. I, I can't say they're real. They kind of they, they remind remind me a lot of the Lions. Like we we tend to bully some bad teams and. And uh, we we do okay against some good teams, but then we have stinkers. Like this is our our third game where it's kind of crazy that we lost this. So I don't know. I'm kind of concerned. I hope Trevor Lawrence can come back, but we did lose some big pieces. Like Christian Kirk, we lost another left tackle. We lost the defensive tackle. We lost our nickel corner. So we had a lot of injuries in this game. Those games absolutely suck, especially when they're essentially against bad teams that you should, like games that you should just win. Um, and then you're seeing your whole team go down. It's it's painful, man. Because exactly. like, at a certain point, you almost want to just be like, okay, throw in all the backups now. Like, either fuck yeah, it. Like, okay. we've already lost. Just throw in the backups. Like, stop letting people get hurt. Yeah, I think the issue with this one is it was so close. Uh, Jake Browning looked like a young Tom Brady out there slicing and dicing, which is crazy to see. And he played well, so you, you can't take that away from him. He uh, he did pretty damn well. And the Jags lost a game that they absolutely should have won. We could have had an opportunity to take sole possession of uh, AFC, the, the top of the AFC, which would have been huge for us to have home field or a chance for it. And we just didn't. And so that's... I think it, I'm still not, I still don't think our season is over. I still think we could even come out of the AFC. But moments like this definitely give me a huge cause for concern. And I think our season's going to come down to how serious are all these injuries. Like, will these guys all be back before playoffs? Or if not, then things look a lot scarier because our, our roster is deeper than it's been in years. But if you're playing against the elite, you can't have your backups going. Yeah. Um, hopefully, T-Law only misses a week and then mm-hmm. you get him back right after that. Hopefully, Kirk's isn't too serious. I honestly, I still think you guys win that division. I think so. So, like, I'm, if I'm a Jags fan, like, I'm I'm okay right now. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, obviously, it depends on these injuries, and we got to wait and see. But I'm not panicking just yet. Like, you guys are fine. You, you'll more than likely make the playoffs. You'll probably win your division. And you're even still in contention to win the entire AFC. So, like, I wouldn't be panicking oh, as a Jags fan. Unless all Christian of a sudden Kirk's- they come back and say T Law actually snapped his leg, then you're yeah, then you can count yourselves out, I guess. Well, Christian Kirk, who's arguably our best receiver, they fear he suffered a twisted testicle, so that's gonna require surgery. This was the play where he was like untouched. He caught the ball, and just fell over. I believe so, bro. I want to know how that happened. How this guy twist his testicle so i know someone in my own personal life obviously with will withhold names who went through that exact same thing and had to get that medically dealt with and they said that it was the most painful shit they've ever experienced so but luckily he was back in action two or three weeks after that but he didn't need surgical he just had like it done by a doctor a maneuver they just untwisted his shit yeah Dude, he said he like screamed in in agony and pain. So uh, we'll see. I'm sure they'll probably do surgery because it's probably less painful. But uh, hopefully he's only missing a week or two because that's kind of crazy if we lose our best receiver because of a twisted nut. 
That this uh that <laughs> no idea. That's actually so funny and like I hate to say it, but like that's so Jacksonville. It is. Like just as a snake bit franchise, you lose like on a season where you guys are probably gonna win your division, go to the playoffs and shit, you lose your best receiver because of a twisted nut. Yeah. It's kind of a, a comedy of errors or like just like it's kind of a comedy overall. But I, I do think we're gonna turn it around, man. I think that we we break the curse this year. I think we go to the Super Bowl and we might win that that thing. So hopefully my fingers are still crossed. But for I did say we're gonna give some love or not some love, but some mention of your bills. And this stat's crazy. So, so you are the only team in the NFL to not have a loss by six or more points. So every game that you've lost has been by a six or less point margin. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. And that has been our downfall for the past, like, three years now, is we can't win the close okay. games um, because we either win by a blowout or we lose by three, four, five points. Right, and that's mm. what's happening this year. We're the only team in the NFL that hasn't lost by six or more, which is that's absurd, absolutely that's crazy. Well, and that's why I'm thinking, like, so this is it. As a Bills fan, like, I still have blind hope. Like, I haven't given up on our season yet, and like, I thought I was going to after some of these losses, and then like doing the math, um, seeing how we're playing in these games, like against the Eagles, like we put up a good fight against the Eagles. And that means less now that they got absolutely slapped by San Francisco. But like, I still have faith that they could pull out with a wild card spot and seeing that, you know, we haven't got blown out. We haven't got like, they're all close games. It's just, if we could squeak out like 50% of those games with wins instead of the losses that they all are, then like, man, our record would be so different. We'd be like nine and three and nine and four. Yeah, completely different conversation. And that is super frustrating. I think a lot of the key injuries you guys have had is probably like those are six point type players in a game. You know what I mean? So that, that, uh, yeah, I still, I've been saying this the whole time. I'm not, I'm not out on you guys at all. I think you guys squeak in. I think you guys could still make some noise in an AFC where I don't think there's a clear front runner or even like a top two where there is that clearly solidified in the NFC. I think in the AFC, it's anyone's fucking game. Like the Ravens don't scare me that much, the Chiefs don't scare me that much. And the Dolphins don't scare me that much. So, like, realistically, if you get in the dance, you got a chance, my boy. So, let's see those hips fly, you know? Yeah, the problem is, man, like, our, like, the sec- like the games we have coming up are so tough. Like, it- it's going to be hard for us just to make the playoffs. Like, I honestly have more faith that we would do better in the playoffs than, mm. like, the- the- of us even making it. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't worry about us once we get there, but I, I don't know if we can pull out enough wins to get there. You guys have, do have a crazy hard schedule coming up, so my fingers are crossed for you, and my nuts are crossed for you, and I hope <laughs> you guys get, get a dub. I, I do uh, disagree with you, though. I'm scared of the Ravens. Yeah? Yeah, they... I don't know. Like, I, I hate them. I hate fucking buddy Lamar Jackson, but... They're scary, man. They're good. They're out here fucking balling. They don't scare me anywhere near the levels the Niners do. Maybe that's PTSD because they recently fucked us up. But I don't think they're on that level. And we'll find out. The Jags get to play them uh, in two weeks' time. And so if T-Law is playing, I still think we've got a good chance for that game. But oh, 100%. Knows? We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. But that's, that's the rundown for this week's games and all the key points that we had. So we're going to move into our show stealers. I'll start with Chandler's submission here. 
let's share my screen. And this is so you 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 submitted two this week, right? Um, I well, yeah, kind of. I had two that I was debating between, and I picked one for sure. Um, yeah. We'll we'll give the second to producer Kurt because I don't think he put one in. So, Play yours before my backup though, because I am worried it's the same as yours. No, it's not. I, so it's, I, wow, so you actually teased both of our dudes. Okay, so oh, okay, okay, here's okay. mine. You see my screen? Yeah. Yeah, holy shit, we got nine nine notif- notifications on our TikTok page. Go follow us on Steal the Show TikTok. But uh um, yeah. shameless plug. But here is the uh Here's here's my show star of the week. It's our boy RG three. Well, you know what, Lennon Jacksonville, we gotta hit the pool, right? RG, top gear to make a splash. Yes, Duval. No, no. He really did. Damn, so that was sweet. Yeah, he got he got up. That was kind of scary because that pool's not very big. But um, love to see that. Uh, and that was also. One of the things I forgot to mention was that Sean Kingston was the halftime show in Jacksonville. It was fucking hilarious. But that's oh, my man. submission. Yeah, so that's my submission. And then we'll go to Chandler's right now. Uh, this I, is actually I, so funny. This is like battle of like the washed up men's. Uh, so this is Chandler's. Let me know when I'm good. Yeah. Okay, so this is, is this just a photo? I think it is, right? No, there's. Oh, you might have to scroll this side. That is that my backup though. Uh, I, I I thought I maybe I fucked up the order, but I thought I put the other one in. Okay, well, so this is one. Uh, I'll put. I'll show you the other one last. But this is Ryan Fitzpatrick getting a helmet with all of his former teams. That's fucking crazy. And then I actually, thought it was so cool. Well, I, it's pretty dope. I saw this. This comment is hilarious. This is lightweight disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way of describing that. That's fucking awesome. But yeah, let's go to your next one here. I got. I do have it pulled up. Um, died right here. Is it right? Yeah. Okay. So this, this, is, this is AB. Okay. At Rolling Loud, which is super fucking weird. And let's watch him do his thing. The football. Throw that shit. I'm open. Yeah. Okay, another one. Hey. Put that shit on. Hey, put that shit on. You still got it. That, that, that was smooth, dude. Okay, Ooh. Yo. L- fucking LA Chargers. Sign that guy. Sign him. Yeah. Pull him up, too. CTE and all. Fuck. Put him in. But that is, uh, no, those are our show stealers. Fuck. Where's your head at with those? There was a video of the Ryan Fitzpatrick one. Not that I really care, but I think if you swiped over past the photo, there's a video of him, but it's just him, like, opening it. Um, yeah, there it is here. Do you want me to put it up? No, it, it's just him, like, opening up the package and shit. It's not that okay. exciting. Um, see, I, this one's tough for me because I really liked AB, and I find RG3 kind of painful now because did you see the one clip of him, like, talking about one of the teams going to get a veteran quarterback and he throws himself into that list and they're yeah. all like, it's so awkward, man. Like he was never that relevant. I don't know how he's got like this position right now, but I mean, it's kind of ballsy. Of what? He was rookie of the year. He was nasty before his like third ACL tear. 
Yeah, but he was nasty for such a short period of time. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, what he did is probably more impre- impressive. Do that on live TV in a full suit. Yeah, and I love the fact that his suit was teal. So I was like, oh, he's riding with mm. us. It wasn't that. What I just like is how fucking random the AB video is. Like, wh- why are you rolling loud in the first place? Why are you on stage with the mic? Like, does <laughs> he rap? Now? That doesn't make any sense of you. And then someone had a ball. Someone just had a football. Threw him a perfect so, spiral. It just worked all perfectly. Why I think we can't give it to AB is because that video is from three weeks ago. That's why I had two videos. I don't even know when the Ryan Fitzpatrick one. I was watching both of them. Like, I don't know what week either of these are from. So <laughs> I'll pick both. So the, the end of the Fitzpatrick one, you were a lot closer. It said only one week ago. So that could be November 26th. So I think it was probably the Thursday night from last, from not this most recent week, but the week prior. Because it's the right. broadcast he's on. So that one technically wasn't this week either. So by default, I guess we're giving it to RG3, RG3, baby. RG3 with his most athletic performance since uh, he's been on a football field. So That is uh, why you said RG. that. I was about to say that too. Really? I was about to say, like, that's the most athletic thing I've seen him do in years. So that's that's his display where he's really trying to prove it that he can still he can still play. Maybe he's some back. NFL teams saw that and they'll give him a contract. But I, I'd get RG three and AB on the same team. Jags should pull him in for this one week. Let him go run around a bit and see how he does. Fuck it. Honestly, bring Mark but, Sanchez back since we're just getting all these fucking old heads. Yeah, some Sanchez return would be pretty fucking huge. But that's. <laughs> That's all I had on my sheet. Was there anything else that you wanted to go over, Chandler, before we say our spiel and put on the outro? Do we want to speculate on the Thursday game a little bit? Yeah, let's do it up. Do we have any so predictions? The, I still think the Steelers are going to win this with Trubisky. Um, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess 14-3 to is my final score prediction for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Patriots suck. I'm gonna say ten three for Pittsburgh. Ten three, even less points. So you're you're predicting one touchdown for the entire game. I'm predicting two, but we're both predicting shit. Terrible game. Probably won't watch. <laughs> Just kidding. Of I'll course we will. It's the only it. one on. Yeah, we'll probably watch. But that's yeah. uh, this has been uh, the latest installment of Steal the Show. If you're listening on whatever podcast app of your choice, make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a five-star review, and also don't hesitate to share the show with a friend that you think might enjoy it, and always interact with us. If you message us on Instagram or you comment on our shit, we'll always get back to you. So check us out everywhere. Everything's linked in the show notes down below. Uh, so same with our YouTube channel. And as always, I appreciate you listening, and I'm pretty sure Chandler does too. Of course I do. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> yeah, We'll see you all next week. Uh, I'll play the outro, and have a great week. Good luck to your teams. Good luck to your fantasy teams. And may all your parlays slap. Take it easy. Slap better than mine. Them boys are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were.